Hello and welcome to the Impact Podcast from us at Impact Wales. We're Finn and Jane and every week we'll be bringing you lots of discussion, comments and opinion on everything research and education. We'll be talking professional learning, what's happening in the education world and everything in between to help you make a difference in your school. Hello Jane. Hello Finn, excited we're back together in the office. We Yay! are, yes. Two weeks, two weeks. Two weeks, Finn. yeah. First day of freedom today for me. Yes. Which is lovely. Stepping outside must have been nice. Sorry, post-COVID. We post-COVID. haven't been in prison. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 we haven't, though. No. <laughs> if you just feel like week, you know why, but yeah. uh, here we are. Yes, so we, we've <laughs> had quite an interesting week. We've been thinking about, uh, well, thinking about reading, researching, um, questioning, looking out, delving down into the uh, Welsh Government guidance on improvement evaluation and accountability yeah, i think we mentioned this in the in our podcast that we recorded okay, that went out last week that it had just hit yes 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 that's right wasn't it, it just, just hit released, that wasn't it? yeah so we were going to look at that and i think my brain isn't quite there yet post-covid yeah. but i know you've been really oh, I've, I've been you've been swimming, swimming around, around in it, it yes. yeah so there's been frantic messages going back and forth with yeah. with conversations between you and i over yeah. the last week so today's session today's podcast we are going to look at the uh, new accountability guidance and i'm calling it the accountability guidance not the improvement evaluation guidance because that's actually what we're going to yeah. focus on yeah. we know that there's lots of information in there about improvement and about evaluation but the accountability is the element that stands to either make or break curriculum for wales that's been clear from Professor Donaldson's report back in 2015 so that's what we're going to focus on and we're going to go into a little bit more detail than we did in our blog we're going to look at slightly different areas than we did in our blog so if you have read our blog great because that that kind of sets the scene for what we're going to discuss today but we're going to uh, think about it in a little bit more detail and look at some different areas well as always we really do try to make sure that whatever we're discussing it's as practical you yes. have as many practical applications or many practical yes. outcomes for this as possible yes. yeah i mean our it's not about to be critical is it no no absolutely not and there are some elements of things that we're going to talk about today that are really actually very exciting and very positive mm-hmm. but the the reason that we do these blogs and uh, podcasts is because we genuinely want to make a difference yeah we want to help teachers and learners in wales be in a better position and be better informed and to be doing the things that really work. So, you know, our our focus is identifying areas where maybe it could be done differently, maybe it could be done better, maybe we could think about things differently and just looking at it from the perspective of um, how can we do this really, really well? I think also it's, it's part of looking at the documentation that came out and actually interpreting it and making it make sense. Yes. Because you know you know me I'm, I'm the mathematician you know I'll, I will sit and read things but you sit and read read things and you pull things apart and you come up with <laughs> literally the, you, yeah and you come up with the meaning and it's very often we will there was one comment I think we both we both picked up the same thing well that's going to be an issue yeah but I think you've got a very different eye when you look at but things you know, it's funny, I, I, I was reading something on Twitter the other day and talking about uh, English literature degree somewhere had been, it was University of Suffolk, I think it was, had been stopped because the uh, they said that there were fewer than 60% of the pupils went on to gainful employment or yeah. high-skilled employment. Yeah. 
And I did, um, it wasn't quite English literature, there was English literature, but there was also linguistics mm. as part of it, and that was my degree. And actually, I find myself using the skills that I learnt as yes, a student. very analytic, isn't it? Very yeah. analytic. It's looking at language, it's pulling language apart, it's tabulating it, it's looking at yeah. alternative meanings, it's, it's, and I use that all of the time now, and this is what we have done, but also I have yeah, done. because we do us. have a table. <laughs> yeah we do have a table, table. have tabulated look, look there, there's the table there we're gonna we're going to actually share this one in the show notes we'll explain what it is a, a little bit later but there is a table involved but I think kind of setting the scene for where our thoughts and perceptions and ideas come from is that we are completely steeped in curriculum for Wales we not only read all of the guidance back to back inside out several times literally I have actually read this guidance three times now but we also link or we read all of the links that are linked within it we read all of the research that is cited as part of it we also look at the research of the people who are cited their other research so you know if somebody has done a particular piece of research that underpins a particular piece of guidance then we'll go and have a look at what other research they come up what their their general we also look at any guidance that's connected with this. So we're talking curriculum for excellence guidance yeah. as well. Um, and some of the, the guidance documents that are related to it within Wales as well. So it's about cross-referencing yeah. and going back to make sure that what one is saying is supporting what the other one's saying. Absolutely. So, you know, it, it is a very analytical, focused, thorough, rigorous process mm. that we use in order to... Um, get to the nub of what is important in each piece of guidance and each piece of documentation we are incredibly well researched but also listening to podcasts from people that are looking at twitter looking at what people are saying on twitter how how i mean watching senna's tv because quite often it's not just what people say we have watched a bit of that this week i have watched quite a lot of that this week as well it's it's not just what people say but what they don't say the yeah. things that they miss out how the, they say it how they yeah. say it but you know yeah. for example in the senate plenary session this week the the minister uh, jeremy miles was um making the announcement about uh, the new accountability guidance mm-hmm. that was out and he was justifying uh, why it was um you know effective guidance and why curriculum for wales was so important right now post COVID lockdowns and so on to Laura Ann Jones, who's the Tory education spokesperson. And the way in which he described it was quite surprising. We'll talk about that a little bit later on when we talk about language. But what he chose to characterise curriculum for Wales as is really important because he's the person who's making the ultimate decisions about uh, the direction of travel and the language that you use is important yeah. and it does make yeah. a difference and that also the number of announcements <coughs> that have come out this week oh. i mean you know there was a, a desk on monday mm. there was a desk on thursday mm. we're still waiting for another one is there going to be another one today can, that's three this week can, can we just talk weeks? about the way the announcements were made because i know that it's, it's, it's we're going to sort of jump around a little bit today but i think this I kind think of where our brains are yeah so. set in the background for <coughs> all the things that we're we've been thinking about it was there was a press release that was that was published at one minute past midnight on early monday morning and so the main press um wales online and the bbc picked it up and they ran articles with it and the press release said 
today we have published so in the past tense yeah. so it already been published so I picked up I think it was at six o'clock in the morning mm. picks up one of the news articles I'm like right okay it's already been published so I then spent from six o'clock to around about 11 11 30 in the morning literally scouring the internet going well it must be somewhere it must be somewhere there were a few rants in there oh there were yeah, I, yeah, I did yeah, get yeah. a bit ranty on uh, on messenger eventually through I, I dm'd Welsh government and just said look you know I can't find the link where is it could you yeah. you know we'd like to look at it um, we'd like to share it with schools and uh, head teachers and uh, eventually they sent us a link to it and I think basically what had happened is the press release as press releases often do talk about events in the past yeah. because they're actually even though they're actually in the future um, and they hadn't yet published it because it wasn't maybe finalized but we did finally find it but there was something else and I think the way in which things are, are shared publicly at the moment it is a bit of a problem and it does send uh, not a great message because there was the um well, additional the, insert day. additional insert day and I know talking to a couple of head teachers they were quite surprised to find that that was reported via the newspaper Wales Online before they knew yeah before, um, they, before knew. they knew and also there was the um the, the school year that was the other announcement that came out this week Yes, the research had been yeah. published and there was a, um, a quote in the paper from Jeremy Miles, who'd obviously issued a press release about that. And it just is a level of disrespect for the profession. It's, it's yeah. you know, you're the people who are going to actually have to do this, mm. but we're not going to bother telling you the press are more important. And it just feels yeah. not great. And those things are important yeah. because that's what creates the culture. Yeah. And what anyway. head teacher wants to find the accountability stuff first thing on a Monday oh. morning when we know that Monday mornings in school are fairly hectic yes anyway anyway so so the accountability element of this guidance is uh does have the potential uh to make or break curriculum for uh wales and i think that there is a there is a very different feel to discussions about this particular guidance now we we have been the first person that i'm aware of other than the national press who've written anything about this publicly and shared anything about it publicly. And we've noticed for a while that Twitter, education Twitter, it is different. It is, there's a very different feel to it's it. It's in waves, isn't it, very much so that it's very often very quiet. Mm. But then there'll be one thing that will catch mm. lots of people and then they will interact on it. But yeah. I can just say that the the blog that came that went out on this has had an enormous response well it had in less than 24 hours it had two and a half thousand two and a half thousand i think it's getting on to three thousand if not past three thousand now so yeah it's uh read and there are um looking at the analytics there are a significant proportion who are spending more than 10 minutes looking at it so it's getting a real deep dive from uh, deep dive hate that but you know um but the, the the feeling on Twitter is Twitter, I think, during pandemic, initially it was a, a place for support and reassurance. Yeah. And but it's become much more tribal. Yeah. And as as such, it's a much less pleasant place to be. I know that we've mentioned this times before, but we have been talking about this recently and we wanted to you know share it with everyone because I'm sure that other people, you, our listeners, I'm sure that you have felt this as well, is that because it's become more tribal, if you're not part of tribe, or you are um, maybe not as willing to stand up for your tribe in... In a public forum, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Or when I say stand up for your tribe, I mean 
be a little bit more vicious yeah. you know can I say that yeah. vicious about what you say on Twitter you know people are people are very different on Twitter than they are face to face they are there's yeah. a there's a great deal of manipulation that goes yeah. on on Twitter and actually um, we have found that um, women particularly particularly middle-aged women yeah, yeah well you know us, us, um, us ladies what should I say um, the invisible yeah the invisible people um, have become even more invisible yeah. just like um, COVID has affected people um, you know disproportionately those from disadvantaged backgrounds have become even more separate from society I think we're seeing it on Twitter it edgy Twitter in that conversation has become more polarized more tribalistic and if you are not one of those people who's willing to really give as yeah. good as you get and shout and scream and be vicious then you have less of less of voice yeah and we we have found that it's a less pleasant place to be. Uh, we don't want to be tribalistic. We want to be open minded with everybody, yeah. and it's it's difficult. Well, it, it has got to the point. I know there was a point this week where we did talk about, well, maybe we should just not do it, not do it for a bit. Yeah, and, just, and that and just that see. is something that we are yeah. talking about because I'm finding that it's really affecting yeah. my mental health. Yeah, I, but it's not. It's not good to be in that place, yeah. is it? But the reason that we mention this is because. Um, on, on publication of our blog, it, we were deluged with direct messages. Mm. And it was, it was quite shocking. Yeah. You know, there, there, were, there were two clear groups of direct messages. Mm. There were those who, you know, we've had contact with um, for a long time yeah. and were genuinely interested in what we were saying well, and wanted to have a conversation. But there was also that. That they were very grateful for yeah. clarity yeah. on the documentation yeah. and, and just being very succinct and clear yeah. about this is what it is, this is what it means. Yeah, and, and wanted to ask questions yeah. about it. And that was that was a Fantastic. pleasure. Yeah, a pleasure. But there was also a significant number of very, how should we describe this? Let's just be straightforward, manipulative, yeah. posturing. We want to make sure that you're aware of the fact that we the people who are dming you are, have knowledge and experience that would be you useful have, for yeah. you so that you don't have and and it felt there were some of them that were actually put downs yeah and it wasn't at all pleasant and because it was so subtle in some cases you know just little phrases you think oh hang on you know i and I, I, i'm not going to mention any names anywhere but somebody described the accountability um, guidance as nothing new here and and which they couldn't be more wrong but it, it's of course it's very new but it, it's it's that kind of oh you don't know what you're talking about we're better than you yeah. and I think it is actually it comes from a place of fear and anxiety and worry about their own position in Wales and that that's quite worrying you know I feel concerned that there are people out there who feel disenfranchised by what's going on yeah. at the moment and they're they're expressing that disenfranchisement through quite unpleasant direct yeah. messages to those people yeah. who are willing yeah. to be honest and open and transparent and say look this is what we've done this is why we're doing yeah. it and it's it's becoming incredibly toxic and it's not as if that the blog is critical no of the documentation it's no. just trying to get that clarity yeah and for that documentation it's to be useful analytical yeah not critical yeah 
Okay, this is not for the purposes of this is good or that is bad. It's for the purposes of what's going to happen next. So anyway, I think we'll always be seen as being outside the process. Yeah. And I think that's just purely because we are under the impact Wales umbrella. Yeah. We're not there as individuals. We're there as that. Yeah. But there is there's benefit to having that outside voice is that, you know, we have because we're not actually in a school carrying it out we're not part of the middle tier we're not part of welsh government we are not directly affected by the success or not and to be honest honestly it's actually in our interests for this all to go really badly wrong because then we'd have lots more work you know and the simple fact that we're encouraging schools to do to actually improve situation for this to be right we're doing ourselves out of a job well we're in that neutral zone really aren't we that we're looking to see we're looking impartial impartial there you go yeah because you know if something's good we'll say it good and there are some good things in this Mm. but if something um has the potential to make things more difficult for schools or schools are going to have to work harder in a particular area we're going to say that too we're going to highlight it so we can do something about it yeah so let's start how are schools going to be held accountable well i think the traffic i think everyone knows now that the traffic light system (laughs) That's going. That's gone. 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 It's already gone. But I think there's also going to be this increased role for Estin and also interesting the governing bodies. And I think right. that's going to be okay. what we need to watch. So this this is what the guidance says that there are two strands to accountability. One governing body, two Estin. So let's leave Estin for yeah. aside for a moment. And let's just talk about the governing body. Because there's a lot of time spent in the guidance document talking about governing bodies what their role is what they should be doing how they should be doing it and this is quite rightly not new this is what governing bodies have always you know what their role has always been is that they are accountable for the progress that learners make and the strategic direction of the school if either of those things isn't what they it should be then it's the governors who have to yeah yeah and that is the role that is why governors are supposed to be a critical friend and are supposed to have this oversight of what's going on in school decisions that are being made about what needs to be in the school development plan and how that's carried out and then the impact of what happens with those actions and the challenging where yeah where those aren't support and challenge critical friend but this is why governing bodies should have data shared with them so that they can scrutinize it understand it and be able to have the knowledge to support and challenge the um the head the teachers the 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 staff um on their direction it's a very difficult one as well isn't it because governors are volunteers on a governing body well yeah yeah i mean how how governors held accountable yeah if they don't do their job what happens this is what they're supposed to be doing but I have actually been involved in a governing body I'm no longer part of this governing body but I've been involved in a governing body um where this role didn't happen at all it was it was where I think many governing bodies are yeah I think we've got very different experiences of governing bodies I've got a different one yeah I'm now on a a, a different one different governing body but there are a lot of governing bodies out there that are just a rubber stamp where there is a lack of understanding within the governing body for um, what the data is, what their role yeah. is, how they should be scrutinising it. They don't have the expertise to do that. And, and sometimes it's it's 
it is the fault of the governing body yeah. that they're not going to the courses of sometimes it's the fault of the school that they're not sharing the information with the governing body but when there is a situation like that where the governing body doesn't really understand what the school yeah. are doing and why they're doing it and isn't able to support the school what happens well yeah. ultimately they're just moved on and a new governing body yeah. is brought that's yeah. ultimately but you you how can you make governing bodies really hold schools accountable if they don't want to do it or they haven't got the expertise yeah. to do it you can't really yeah because it's an additional role on top of the nine-to-five job yeah that you've got running alongside isn't it it's, it is a very difficult well I mean I personally I can say that this particular governing body I tried really hard in so many yeah. different ways just to you know make the governing body more aware of what their role was and, and try and help the people around me to see look this is what yeah. it might be and but this that's is not how your role though, is it? it's not no, my it's role not it's not my role and it ultimately it didn't yeah. work either because yeah. it, it, that's not how it's set up historically and yeah. it didn't it didn't yeah. change so I think that with the best will in the world that yes governing bodies should be holding the school accountable but it's very difficult yeah. to make them do it when they're not yeah. and honestly it's actually best in holding the governing body accountable that makes the difference yeah because they hold the ultimate um, uh, sanction, which is just to get rid of the governing body. It would be interesting as well how much support and uh, professional learning governors will be able to access if this is the role. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's the key, though, isn't it? Able to access. Yes. You know, there, there, there is very little that can be done to force governors yeah. not only to access this guidance and these training yeah. and this support, but actually to understand it and do yes, something to, about yeah. it. You know, when you've got a volunteer doing it, it's a volunteer position. So, yes, of course, the governing body is accountable, but that's not going to make a huge difference, I don't no. think. You know, there's nothing new. There's nothing that's changed about the role. This is not any different to what it was two years ago, 10 years mm -hmm. ago. You know, th there's probably a lot more support out there. But um, anecdotally, we, we know that there are governing bodies who don't fulfil their role in yeah. terms of accountability. Yeah. And there's, I don't think there's enough being done or that actually would change that situation. Yeah. I mean, you know, is it really possible to change that situation? I don't, I don't know, you know, because yeah, it's a whole volunteer. podcast on that really. Quickly. We could, we could, but we're not going to. Anyway, so, Estin, this is the other key changes, key change, that inspections are now going to be twice every six years. But that's not starting yet, though, is it? It's from September 2024. Yes. And I think when the guidance came out um, on Monday, uh, this was seen as a new thing. This has actually been public knowledge for about four or five yeah. months now yeah. that this is this has been clear that there's going to be a, a increased, an yeah, increased yeah. number of inspections. And if you think about the cycle, you know, let's just say for the sake of argument that it's a six year cycle from September 2024 that that six year cycle will, because you're gonna be seen twice, will be roughly every th three years. So there's going to be very little time within the normal school process where you're not going to be thinking about possibly yeah. an impending well, you're inspection on, or the one you've just had. Or you're working on your recommendations leading yeah. into the next one. So yeah. it's, 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 going, it's kind yeah. of like inspection is now going to be the, the normality. Yeah. So there's that. Um, but with no judgments. 
the judgments and i know from some of the other new, than those uh, in follow-up yeah, follow yeah but then i know seen from some of the new inspection yeah. reports that have have already been published yeah there is no overall judgment and i think mm. they do read a lot more um if they're much more informative about what's yes. going on and i think they're much more supportive in the way that they've been written they absolutely are i think it's it's by taking out the judgment it, it's less yeah. a kind of like yeah well you're rubbish yeah. Yeah. And then nothing. Yeah. It's more a kind of right, this this is it's what you, you need are. to improve yeah. because this is yeah. where you currently are. Yeah. And I think that is a good yeah. thing. We are talking about twice the inspection loads for the inspectorates. Um, so you know, um there's gonna be no um school development plan sent to the inspectorate before your um your inspection. The focus is very much going to be on the self-evaluation process and the school development plan as part of yeah. that and the impact of any actions that you've carried out before then it's going to be it's going to be much more about well, what are you doing uh why how are you have you doing got that? to this point yeah, yeah yeah what are you doing next what how do you expect to measure the impact of that in much more professional discussion we have listening heard, to learners yeah listening to learners we have heard that they're not as focused on um data as such um, but they're more focused on the lesson observations, listening to learners, interviews with staff, looking at documentation yeah. like your self-evaluation plan. So a very much more focused on discussion and uh, it's, improvement It's processes. interesting though, isn't it, though, that lesson observations have been shown to be quite a poor judgment overall of a teacher's performance because we all know that one teacher that can pull a, a really good inspection lesson out of the bag but we well, all also we've know, all got one of those haven't we <laughs> but we've also got we know you know there are lessons that go completely haywire for whatever reason no matter how well yeah. planned they are yeah. and the fact that you've got this class to where they are yeah no one else knows what you've had to do to get that class to where they are no. and they might be performing you know out of the park during for that them. lesson for them yeah but someone coming in yeah for that day might not see that yeah. so it's about the whole journey isn't it and that snapshot yeah it I gives mean, you a, a feel for it but it doesn't give you the the real nub of of what has gone on no and I think that that's where we get conversations with bodies in uh, other bodies in the middle tier like consortia and local authorities who really fully understand what's going mm. on those kinds of conversations are so much more yeah. important however whilst there is a shift towards improvement discussions and getting to the kind of the discussion about yeah but what are you actually doing why are you doing it what do you expect to happen as a result of this um if you had a relationship with that school that you know was over a year and you kept on going in yeah. and you kept on having that yeah. conversation that would be great yeah. if you had the time to really get down into yeah. what's going on but i think there is going to be a real difficulty for ESTIN inspectors, potentially for improvement advisors who have, we know, a very big number of schools. Same with LA consortia staff who have a very large number of schools, is having enough experience of that particular school to yeah. get down underneath yeah. the surface because yeah. we don't have anything now that sits on top of the surface this, this standard data yeah. that can say look here or look yeah. there or yeah. this is a red flag just have yeah. a look at this there's nothing that is that kind of way in it's it's going to be because there's no standard data now it's it's all up to the school to decide 
what format, what type, how it looks, what the data looks like. That you know, the job for the middle tier is going to be phenomenally is, complex. Yeah. And then we were talking earlier this morning over coffee, as, as we always do prior to podcasts, about where this accountability is going and the mm. fact that it's not so much a school issue. No. It's going to be more of a middle tier consortia issue that they've got lots of unknowns mm. that they're going to have to work with. Schools have got the day to day job mm. of what they're here mm. for is for learning for our pupils and I think that's where the focus needs to be and I know we'll talk about this a little bit more. Well I think if, if we kind of walk through you know the, the kind of reality of what it's going to look like in schools this yeah. is our expectation having worked with schools across Wales and looking at what they're doing is that every school has their own unique curriculum so every school yeah. has also has their own unique set of assessment arrangements and every school will have a slightly different way of measuring progress now whether they're going to use a tracking tool that they've they've purchased and they're they're going to use against their curriculum in the way that their yeah. curriculum set up or whether they're going to create their own tracking model or whether they're going to be using a, um, a common one or one that lots of schools use or one that, that only a few schools use. The bottom line is the format of that data is going to be unique to that school and how they use it is going to be unique to that school. So potentially now, because the standardised element of things, the national curriculum levels have been removed, it's been removed for the individual school, but in terms of the individual school, all they need to do is to create their new yeah. standardised data yeah. that's common across the school, which is no small mean feat. But it's you know from the school perspective, it's it's kind of one job. But from the middle tier perspective, every time somebody from the middle tier goes into a school, they have to relearn a new where the school has come from, where they're going, a new method. Yeah. So yeah. in terms of if I'm an EST inspector and I'm going to see 15 schools. I have to go in, understand their process, understand their data, understand the format they're using, and then understand, is it good enough? So I was thinking about this. I was thinking, if I were an S inspector, what would I use in order to understand whether what a school was doing was good enough? Is you'd go in and you'd look for the usual things. You'd look for, well, you know, how are you measuring progress and how is that happening? But you would always be thinking about, is this better or worse than my previous yeah. experience yeah you have to base it on what you know and what you've yeah. seen now i didn't say there what i know as good because what happens with comparison is the more data sets you compare the finer and more um accurate yeah. nuance yeah. The, the 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 comparison yeah. becomes so maybe 20 years from now when i've seen thousands of different schools doing it thousands of different ways um i would have a, a really good solid consolidated yeah. view of what's good but in the first few years where i may be a peer inspector and i'm maybe not doing that many schools or um you know i'm i'm it's just new that i think i'm always going to be working on the last thing that i yeah. saw but we also know we've talked a lot about um, performance isn't learning yeah and I think if you're looking at the curriculum in the first year or two that you don't know what learning those pupils really no are yeah. embedding and 
well, the, there's developing also, there's also the, later on. There's also the possibility that you start to um, see a lot of one type of approach and you see it working well and you see teachers and pupils being really enthusiastic about it and it's it's um, giving some results and then you see something very different and you've got maybe 10 schools of one approach and one school of another approach the the I'm sure that it will be more difficult to see that school of another approach completely objectively because you'll be thinking well why are they doing it differently and we don't know where how that's going to translate to when the pupils could be it it could be that those 10 are actually on the wrong Wrong trajectory and that one is is standing out from the crowd but doing things and is really going to fly in five years time and I think because removing the commonality in terms of the data Mm. removing that kind of standard data drop set isn't just removing it from um, the process of curriculum design and assessment arrangement design is actually removing it from all of those conversations, yeah. all of those contexts about well, what does good look like? You know, why is that better than that? Because if you don't have any commonality, having that discussion about this one is better than that one becomes so incredibly complex well that that was one of the words that we've bandied around all week isn't it that the every time there's a Welsh government document that comes out it just adds to complexity oh my god this is becoming such a complex web of okay I I have to I have to (laughs) share the conversation that I had on Twitter last night that I I didn't think it was going to end up this way at all I was just looking at there's some been some new documents that come out from Welsh government on different elements of yeah the kind of accountability area, you know, um, principles of progression and all of this kind of thing. And they're, they're, they look really nice. They're, you know, they're, they're brightly coloured. They're well organised. You know, the kind of graphic organiser PDFs with lots of different slides. And um, one of them was on the principles of progression. And they would, they, throughout this document, it talks about using the principles of progression as a framework for collecting and analysing assessment. Now, if we just take the first of those principles progression, which is the depth and breadth of pupils learning that should be both deep and broad, which we know are mutually exclusive. You cannot have without infinite amount of time, um, both an incredibly deep and incredibly broad um, curriculum. So if you're in a situation where you're saying during the assessment process, you should be using the principles of progression to decide um, how effective the school's process is in, in terms of embedding the principles of progression. You don't do it during the assessment process. You don't ask a question and go, is the answer to that yeah. showing depth of learning? It, it's because it's intuitive, because what you do as a teacher is you, you think about that when you design your curriculum. Yeah. You think about that when you design the assessment arrangement and then you trust in the process. Yeah. That's the bit that's outside the classroom, isn't it? That's your whole school yeah. view. And it, it's and about if, what goes on in the classroom is the most important thing. Well, this is it. And if something goes wrong, you might then yeah. ask that question. But it's, I think, the idea that every teacher knows, for example, what increasing effectiveness as a learner looks like. I mean, I asked that question on Twitter last night. You know, what does it mean to you? when a, a learner is uh, increasing in effectiveness what would that look like yeah, how would you know yeah. that was done what would you tick off 
And, you know, lots of people got involved and they all said something slightly different. There was a bit of commonality, but actually it wasn't all of the things on this document. So, you know, we've we've got a situation where there isn't agreement, even if even if we have this very detailed shared understanding of progression conversation across Wales. It's we're not we're not going to get to a point where everyone goes up. That's these three things done, sorted. And we're not going to have everybody participating in these conversations anyway, are we? No, no. So we, you know, not having a standard set of data, not having this commonality through the national curriculum levels, even when we had national curriculum levels, we couldn't agree on them. You know, we, we moderation still was very much a kind of, you know, well, I've got the loudest voice, yeah. so I, you yeah. have to agree with me. Uh, the number of times that you'd have pupils turn up in year seven, you go, oh, they're not a level four. Yeah. <laughs> in my book, that's not a level four. Oh, they're a bit better than that. Yeah, or a yeah. bit worse than that. And, and, and I, I know that's not... Well, it's it's kind of what we're saying is that um, it is possible to take something as complex as learning and um, use a measure of commonality or a measure of standard that is incredibly subjective, yeah. really, really complex and expect everyone to get it yeah. and be able to do it immediately. Yeah. It is it is much better to use a snapshot standardized um, test in order to say what what areas do we need to look at in yeah. a little bit more depth? What what red flags are we raising? And that's something that the government are looking at. But it's also linking, isn't it? Your standardised assessments, we, we know that so you've got your comparison against National. other schools in Wales hmm. or a bit further afield, but you've also got your curriculum, but it's actually linking those two together. So they're not completely in isolation. Because we also need to remember that standardised tests don't necessarily test what you've taught. Yeah, well, they they they're going to uh, Welsh government are looking at uh, creating something called a national monitoring program, which is a, a standardised curriculum framework related skills test. Possibly the well, I was going to say, haven't we really got? Oh, hang on, something like. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> but what they're saying is we're possibly going to have it on a sampled basis, so you know just a, a sample of yeah, a randomly so selected a sample, sample of schools, schools or, one year on literacy and another yeah. year on numeracy this is actually something that scotland did they had the scottish standardized literacy and numeracy tests yeah they do uh, which were again on the sampled process and they actually were pretty accurate at saying what was happening with the national levels of literacy and numeracy which although it is not learning across the curriculum gives you an idea yeah, of what's yeah. happening but uh, they got rid of them in 2017 and there was lots of discussion at the time as to why they were got rid of you know one of the suggestions was that because the the standards were actually dropping and these sta- these tests were showing that they were dropping so it'll be really interesting to see whether this which has real potential to actually monitor the effectiveness of the curriculum and to raise red flags whether this comes to fruition and whether it stays if it does come to fruition but i know so. scotland still do have national they just do do have national tests but, but only at specific year groups yes and they're not because they're they're national tests uh with the sampling it was you could just couldn't game it you know there wouldn't be any point and it wasn't linked with an individual school and it, it's that yeah, that's yeah, important it's yeah. not linking with the school because you just want to understand this the situation yeah, I think so. that's the, point, the important thing isn't it as a nation where are we Yes, as an authority, is it working? Yeah, impact. Yeah, impact. Has it got the impact that it needs? I was listening yesterday to uh, Rory Stewart talking about Boris Johnson because he's no longer in politics. He can be a little bit um, more obvious and uh, more 
clear, but he, I, he, what he was saying was that we need politicians who can admit that they're wrong, or we need politicians who can say what we've put in place over the yeah. last few years isn't going to give yeah. us the results that we want to. So we're going to change yeah. that. And I think we're not there in Wales. I think we're in a very clear narrative that everything's fantastic. fantastic. We're pushing ahead and it's all going to be, yeah. we're just throwing this at, this at it and this at it. And here we are come September. What's the point of politics if it doesn't improve the lives yeah. of the people in the yeah. country? And I think the answer is it, it improves well, the careers of well, politicians. Well, we ask schools to evaluate. Yes where they are and what's you know oh no well Welsh Government have got their report card oh, there haven't they there, there you go <laughs> okay so Let's just not get into politics so so we've got a situation where we don't have any standard data what what we have is we've got a set of data which is saying uh, is this school doing a good enough job but it's like having because it's not standard because it's that schools it's like saying you know talking to a group of friends and saying do you think she's lovely yeah and one person says yeah I think she's really lovely because she does this this and this and then somebody else saying is but yeah but I don't think she's lovely because she does this this and this and those two very different things and then someone in the middle saying yes but I think she's lovely because she does this and them all being different it's impossible then to tell if that that other person is objectively lovely or not because there's 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 no commonality that that's where we are this lack of any kind of standards is a real issue for measurement and i think that um it is something that will come up again it will create issues with measuring impact maybe the national monitoring program will make a difference but in terms of the pressure, the pressure actually isn't on schools no, right now. But I, I just get the feeling, though, that gradually over time, there'll be these odd little things that will creep in. Well, I noticed something yesterday, and this is what yeah. I mean about being very well researched, is that um, a while ago, Eston created their pilot inspection model. And the guidance to their inspectors was measuring um, whether um, skills were appropriate to age. And we questioned them about that. And they said, look, it's a typo. It should be stage, but it's still in there, yeah. still being used. And I noticed that in one of these documents from Welsh Government, these support for school, they talked about um, that there was learning appropriate to the pupil's age. age and they did say age and stage, but, you know, it's it's now it's both. Yeah. So how long will it be before it's just age? Yeah. So, you know, there's this just this gradual shift isn't and it's almost like prescription by can you have both can you have age and stage no i think they're mutually exclusive isn't aren't they sometimes they're the same sometimes they're absolutely absolutely not not. yeah okay so we've got lots of lots of data let's move on yes well we've got lots to talk about okay so we've got lots of data that schools are being told they need to create and there's a long list on our blog, but I'm just going to pick out a few of them. You know, the progress of learners, individuals, groups yeah. in comparison with each other. You know, how well are groups comparing particularly disadvantaged um, learners and advantaged yeah. learners? How do the, the gap between But it them? is against the school's own curriculum, though. That's the absolutely, key thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Not against progression steps. Yeah not breaking down progression steps into smaller sub-steps and assessing against can, those. Can I can I just say about that, though? I think there's... We're, we're how many... I can't even remember how many weeks to the end of term we are. I know it's 
two or three yeah. by the time this podcast yeah. goes out that I've still seen on Twitter in response to because the minister's doing a, a question and answer session next week. One of the questions was, can we have the progression steps broken down into year groups? That's been asked by so many people. And Is I, Welsh government doing this? Are they breaking yeah, down the progression steps? Yeah. Are they going to have subtext? I'd be interested yeah, to know. Has, they anyone, are. has anyone broken them down? If so, can I have a copy? Yeah. And it's just well, and because it actually says in the guidance, don't don't yeah. do that. So if they have heard that, and if that yeah. is happening, then it's a massive deal. But we're, we wouldn't expect. But it to we're happen. still at this point, though. September is looming, yeah. and we've still got that misconception. Yeah, not not in one place, but in many places. And and something that we were talking about earlier on in terms of accountability. Um, who is accountable for the success or the failure of Curriculum for Wales? Who? Because if, if somebody says to you, I want you to do this, I want you to do it in this way, and I'm going to support you to do it that way, and then you fail to do it, despite the best yeah. efforts of the person yeah. who's telling you to do it, then obviously it's your fault. Yeah. But if you've got somebody saying, right, I want you to do this, and I, I would like you to do this way, but it's not entirely clear and it's yeah. really, really complex. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, not going to give you quite sure how I want you to do it. And I'm yeah. not going to give you quite enough time to do it or even anywhere near enough time to do it. And the, the, the thing that I'm going to say, this is what it looks like when it's done. It's going to be so unclear that it's going to be impossible for anybody to tell what that yeah. looks like. Then whose fault is it if that person doesn't do it? Yeah. So, yeah, and I think... We're in a situation where we've got in the documentation, we've got eight bullet points that are, are described as the eight elements of what it would look like when schools successfully realise curriculum for Wales. Yeah. And um, as I say, we're going to share this, this document in the show notes. This is our analysis, not our comment on our analysis of what they mean. Yeah. Should we go? Should we go back to the the rest of the data though? That okay. That schools. Well, we'll go into the bullet points in yeah. a second then. So we've got we've we've talked about progressive in, pro, progressive individual learners against their own curriculum. Mm. We've also got obviously in secondary your qualifications, which are still going to be published publicly. They are still going to. So you've got your external qualification. Yeah. Nothing mentioned about primary. So all seems no. to be right at the end no, of year 11. No publication and, yeah, of any data yeah, from primary other than what's in um, my local schools. But go back to curriculum as well. How well learners are progressing towards the four purposes? And I think that's a really difficult one. Well, yeah, because you're not supposed to be assessing against the four no. purposes. So how can you tell no. if a child is more confident? Yeah, or more resilient. Or more able to yeah. um, ask questions articulately. Yeah. It's a very difficult. There are some that are possible but some that aren't and i think that yeah there, there's uh, well-being to me, data to me How, i get a little bit worried about that one though because that could quite easily turn into a four purposes tick list in some areas which is quite worrying i think we've seen yeah. some of that yeah. kind of stuff happening already yeah. so yes there there is there's issues around the type of data that schools are being expected to create and if yeah. this is in the guidance documents no doubt yeah. Eston will be looking yeah. at it and they're the they're the, they're the sole judge of effectiveness yeah. of realization yeah. but i think a very welcome a very welcome change as well is about this whole idea of um learners well-being 
so we're starting to think about collecting data and report it. You know, and there are that, methods. There are methods to do that that have been around for years. There are commercially available um, learner yeah. surveys. There's, and there's some really, yeah. really good ones which give you not just the opportunity to check what learners in your school say, but how that compares with a national yeah. standard yeah. for how yeah. learners feel. And I know one of those as well has also been linked to the four purposes. Yeah. So you can sort yeah. of use that to start thinking about curriculum design and yeah. how you need to develop um for example you know pupils yeah. readiness to learn those kinds of things so yeah that's that's a really positive thing and there are ways of doing that that are very effective and would have an impact yeah. in school design but let's go back to these eight bullet points okay so i'm not going to go through them all because as i say we're going to share this yeah. document online and what we've done is we've um, listed all of the eight bullet points, then we've interpreted them, so picked out um, what what they say, but also what they don't say, you know, what the focus of them is. I mean, there's one in particular that talks about uh, professional learning and uh, front and centre is uh, inquiry um, as, as the kind of the way in which professional learning should happen. And they don't talk about direct instruction, um, but they do talk about coaching. So there's a very clear flavor going on there are there are sort of favorite favorite theories yeah. that are being proposed in, in interesting these. that it, it's bullet point number four when you when you look at it it's the one that i know you and i both mm. immediately read it and went oh number four yeah and i know a couple of people on twitter have also picked up mm. as that been well can i just say issue? it says supporting practitioners understanding of what works in curriculum design by investing in the inquiry and pedagogical uh, pedagogic skills of all staff now the things that I picked out in there is what works. Mm -hmm. How do you know what works? That 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 um, is a uh, positive positive. Oh, I can't say it. <laughs> it's a it's a kind of this works or that doesn't work. It's a it's a binary thing. Yeah. And it's where do you get that research yeah. from? That you know Gibson's law. There's always an equal and opposite yeah. PhD. So what works in the context? No, yeah. that's not there. But inquiry is is kind of like almost the only thing that they're mentioning in terms of um developing uh professional learning yeah. and curriculum design process therefore i'm sure Eston is sitting down looking at these well this is what yeah. welsh government says successful curriculum realization so this is what we should be looking for so any school where they're using other methods of supporting staff to develop curriculum design understanding yeah. and practice will they be marked down as a result you know, it's it's and therefore it's this is isn't it? the politics, the theory, the you know, proponents of one particular theory over another yeah. are coming through these what what yeah what good looks like. So I also picked out number five, enabling ambitious professional learning for all practitioners in a school dedicated to being a learning organization. Which so, which we applaud. Because I think absolutely. It, that is something that is absolutely needed. But we are focused on, well, okay, but what yeah. does that look like? Mm -hmm. So, you know, dedicated to being a learning organisation. Yeah. Obs. That's yeah. absolutely what you want from schools. And, of course, that links with the uh, Welsh Government's um, yeah. Schools as Learning Organisations survey and resources. Just mentioning that a survey is only as good as the quality of the information you put into that survey. It yep. can end up being crap in, crap out. It and can. of course, we have seen that. Um, so it's not a fix as such. But what does ambitious mean? 
What's your idea of ambitious, Jane? Oh, I don't know. In what context? That's the, that's the issue. Well, this is it. Ambitious professional learning yeah. could mean we're sending them all off to Finland. Yeah. It's ambitious because we're spending lots of money on it, yeah. so it really has to work. Or ambitious could mean they're all innovating, they're all creating something entirely different and new. Mm-hmm. Or ambitious could mean, well, we've all got them signed up for the national MA. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all or any of those things could be ambitious. And what's better in one school yeah you know how do you know when your staff needs might be different in one school to another so i I think the bottom line with the eight the eight bullet points is that they are as as narrative descriptors always are entirely subjective very difficult to ascertain as to what they actually mean there are some significant issues with the language and you know as a result the possible interpretation of them you know some real how would you accurately measure these things? This one, How I, would you know? This one idea of um, just going back to this innovative, this mm. idea of innovative. And I remember back in the day when, as an Eston, Eston under the old, old system, yeah. that you could get outstanding if you, you outstanding were out, practice, outstanding yeah. practice. Well, it might be outstanding practice, but if it's not making a difference to your learners... Yeah. And it's not addressing the needs of your learners. Yeah. Then what does it matter? What does it matter? Yeah. And I, I've got here, we've got also just, just picking out number eight, listening to children and young people as they engage with their learning, supporting them and achieving their aspirations. Now, again, something we would entirely applaud, you know, it is important to listen to learners and for them to have a voice in the process. But what will that actually mean in practice? And what difference will it make? Because potentially you cannot listen and act on every single learner's voice. And this brings us neatly to the buzzwords that that are doing the rounds at the moment. Oh, there's lots. There's lots. One of the things that we're particularly worried about is this new buzzword that seems to be um, a kind of admonishment for all kinds of region, uh, all kinds of elements of the curriculum is bespoke. It's bespoke everything or tailored everything or individualized everything. And I we're hearing this yeah, a, a lot. lot. Yeah. So it is about consortia providing bespoke support to schools. Now, bespoke is Savile Row. It's it's yeah. it's a it's suit. Not, it's not on large scale, is it? It's it's on individual yeah. scale. I can't quite imagine yeah. Marks and Spencer's doing bespoke, doing bespoke anything. Bespoke. No. And, and they were talking about that the minister actually mentioned that one of the real benefits of Curriculum for Wales was that it had the potential to re-engage the disengaged learners because they could be provided with an entirely bespoke curriculum. Now, we've got 20%, give or take, of learners out sometimes. You know, what do you do when you're providing 20% bespoke curriculum? And also, we had Eston mentioned that reduced timetables or bespoke timetables was actually they were quite concerned about it and yet we've got a minister who's yeah. who's lauding this as one of the advantages of curriculum yeah. well not any teacher knows that a bespoke individualized learning program for 30 children that's just not, not possible happen. not happen. that's the point of schools yeah. they are economies yeah. by scale. size yeah. by scale okay and it's just it's it's actually quite worrying when you hear that kind of language being used that you know yes in an ideal situation every child would be learning in theory it's great isn't it 
well, this is the problem. You know, we need to close the gap between theory and practice. We need to understand that theory does not always yeah. some, you know, and using, transfer into and practice. using language like this doesn't help. No, it really it doesn't. doesn't. And, you know, when we're talking about equity and consistency, you know, what does that actually mean in, in, in practice? Yeah. And just one final buzzword that actually has, has as a, a linguist, uh, you know, former sort of linguistic graduate, somebody who, who really sees the importance of the connotations of meanings of words, the professional learning entitlement. Entitlement means a right mm. to something as a standard expectation. Yeah. It doesn't mean an expectation that that person will fulfill something, but that's how it's being yeah. used at the moment because the professional learning entitlement mm. is a standard offer of professional learning across the nation, but also an expectation that all practitioners will take control of their own professional learning and use the digital passport to show their learning journey and that is an expectation and the word expectation is used synonymously with, with entitlement. entitlement and they do not mean the same thing and it is spin and when we've got talking about curriculum for wales as a bespoke individualized learning program it is spin that is not yeah. going to happen just, it's not just reasonable. out of interest as well it would be interesting to see what proportion of the teaching profession beyond those in the first year or two actually do use their digital passport yeah yeah <laughs> yeah just, i mean just put that out there just out of interest the question the question i would want to ask is <clears throat> if they're not using it why not yeah is it possibly that it's not useful yeah okay just leave that there anyway. yeah so maybe should have a little poll on twitter <laughs> do you know what i think you know, we, we one of the words that's in the list that we we've made is complexity. It's just I think we're we're at risk of drowning in complexity. Well, when when we're this close, the fog should be beginning to be lifted. Yeah, we should be able to see a way through. But I think at the moment it's just becoming harder and harder to see well we've got a little bit of be. mist has turned into a thick fog which fog. is now you know we've yeah. got we've got maybe some rain and hail going on and it, it's it feels like it's closing in yeah. yeah and we're becoming enveloped as opposed to opening up so uh, you know changing how the system works is absolutely what's needed yeah. and it is absolutely you know how you make a difference is you change how things work yeah. for the better but, you know, the bottom line is this, this new accountability measure, surprisingly, is actually, I don't think, going to, it's not, the, the, the main, the people who are going to feel this challenge the most are actually not schools. No. It's actually going to challenge the middle tier the most. And by inference, they may pass that challenge on to schools because yes. they're going to be struggling to see how, yeah. You know, and they, they may start demanding um, and requiring schools to prove a certain thing. Yeah. But, it, it's but it's actually it's, but it's around the wrong way, isn't it? It's not schools working to support consortia. No. It should be consortia working to support schools. Yeah. And I but I also think that it's going to be really mm. difficult for consortia and local authorities to actually prove that the support that they are providing is actually making a difference because they're not going to be able to use a standard set of yeah, data. They're not yeah. going to be able to go back to learner progress yeah. 
you know that's that's yeah. been taken out of the system as well so how are they going to do that you know that that's a real issue as well and i think the bottom line is here that that we've got eight subjective mm-hmm. narrative descriptors that that in those bullet points in the document that you're going to see um shared at the bottom of this um in the show notes in the podcast so we've got those eight bullet points how are they going to be used what that's going yeah. to look like um how estin are going to measure because that's what they do yeah. measure whether schools are working or not and you know honestly what research is that based on yeah you know when they say reading is is looking really good you know yeah what what's effective practice in reading for example we know that their track record's, yeah. record's not great on that interestingly the national conversations around reading, reading also, are starting this term as well or this term which is yeah. about time yeah but let's see what comes out of that yeah i mean there's there's going to be an awful lot of pressure on estin inspectors <laughs> and on the inspectorate and um you know they've got two years to get their inspectorate up to a level that is ready to go with this and um well it's going to need a lot more staff they are i mean if we're talking about inspections reducing the amount of time from one to the other you know two every six years yeah you know that's effectively well, it's double, double the load it's double the load isn't they're going to need double the people yeah where are they going to come from yeah a lot of peer inspectors are head teachers and deputy yeah. head teachers so taking back out the system too yeah we've got a problem there as yeah. well so you know it's um yeah an interesting a very very interesting time yeah. so we, we're complex, heading off into this time we're yeah, heading off right. to very much an unknown complex future where it's not a sure at all sure if this this change in the system is actually going to have the intended consequences yeah. so we'll just have to wait and see yeah. i don't know how long we're going to have to wait and see it's well we did talk about that we as did well. we did we did talk about that you know pisa and um GCSEs and people having been through the system, it might really be a decade before we we have yeah. any real clear idea yeah. if, the, if this is what. And then, you know, how long do we wait after that? Yeah. And you know, if we're talking it's, 15, 20 years, then we're ready for reform yeah. again. It's looking at our our children that are around about you know year three, year four, possibly as being mm. the first ones as our clear indication mm. of you know has this been successful? Is this this successful yeah. or not? And that's a long time to wait. It is. It is a long time to wait. But in the meantime, we're going to be here scrutinizing, analyzing, yeah. pulling apart, making picking out the, of. making the sense of and, you know, really. And I, I just want to kind of mention that, that there's this this trope about um, education consultants being in it for the money. And I, <laughs> I just like to say how irrational that is, that if you're earning your living entirely from schools booking you. Yeah. Uh, for support certainly at the moment if you provide a substandard uh, product they're just not going to buy you and you're just going to cease to exist so you know we're still here and we're still here because what we do obviously works and what we do is obviously valued so thank you for keeping us here but we're going to continue working as hard as we have done to support you in what is going to be quite a difficult it is it's going to be an interesting academic year i think 22 23 and um, 23 and 24. 23 24 and 24 25 yeah. so, so but this you know we're here yeah and so we've got we've got um 
things that are coming up for us we're still waiting for the Abu Dhabi I think we are still in the same position we were last podcast really because apart from this this is all that's happened because we've been yeah well I just I just feel like I've just been reading researching guidance and but but we'll we'll be back again we're uh, still working on uh, our book with Bruce Robinson which is it is hopefully yeah we're in the last few chapters which will be really exciting to see that come out interestingly i uh, we've been asked to do um some vision and values um sketch notes for wales because we've, we've done quite a few for scotland but now yeah. this is like a trend that's happening in wales as well so that's yeah. that's been fun looking at um, the way in which schools are working it is we're still working a lot with the curriculum secrecy sessions yeah with schools so we've got more schools booked in now for the autumn term which is yeah which a, is a great. couple more this term as well yeah and but, again up in scotland which yes. is really exciting we're, we're, yes. we're going back to work with one of our fantastic schools up in up in scotland behind yeah. secretary and, and i've got my my new uh, 2023 diary yeah, which, which i can put all the sessions in because i've been, had a long list of sessions at the back of uh, the 2022 yeah. diary so yeah and by the time this podcast go, goes out it'll be in our birthday it will it have will. been our birthday and we are going to um send out <clears throat> a prize for the person yes. who has um, sent us photos of the uh, where they listen to a yeah. podcast and we've got we've chosen That's a winner we, and we're going to send yeah, it out say that we can we can sort that out this afternoon probably. we will we'll yeah. sort that out this, this afternoon to the lucky winner but of obviously all of the photos we got not in. the one of you doing the washing up <laughs> or me walking the dog <laughs> we'll find a different no, one no no okay so um thanks for listening and we will speak to you soon take care bye thanks for listening don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes you can find us online at www.impact.wales You can also follow us on social media, on Twitter at Impact Wales, on Facebook and Instagram, search for Impact Wales, and on LinkedIn, search for Impact School Improvement.